Yes, we are recording. Can, <laughs> can it show you that we're recording? No, because I, I was in another tab. But anyways. Anyway, have we started? Anyway, this is the Tomato Tomato podcast. Thanks for joining us today. This is a uh, movie podcast specifically about the way movies are reviewed. I'm your co-host, Chris, and with me is... Jenna, your other co-host. The other co-host. <laughs> I was about to say, and sometimes it's about Harry Potter's butt. Harry Potter's butt. That was something <laughs> I was not expecting today. But I'm glad it happened, because after the last episode, we kind of needed this palate cleanser. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. I said as much during our last episode. I was like, I need something that does not make me dead inside. And if you don't know what we're talking about, the last episode was Netflix's newest, I'm doing air quotes, hit, bright. <laughs> newest uh, thing nope. that people put eyeballs on for better or for worse. <laughs> and admittedly, we were part of the problem because 11 million we people watched it. So but we had, re we had reasons to, to do it. Yeah. Scientific reasons. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, yes. Uh, but go back, listen to that episode. Don't watch the movie. Uh, but for today's episode, for the palate cleanser, uh, you gave me the choice of picking the movie. Yes. Sometimes I, I like and don't like because it's a power that I don't yield well. <laughs> Whereas I, I feel like I pick and dictate the movies way too much. And so I was like, I'm going to let Chris have free reign on this one and let like let us figure it out from there. Also because I am horribly indecisive when it comes to like picking something on a streaming service. Like my well, yeah, you helped, but, yeah. you helped narrow it down by telling me go to Amazon and look yeah. there. It's like, yeah, oh, I good kinda, idea. That was kind of on purpose because I didn't want it to be where it was. Our whole last episode was us kind of shitting on Netflix and then we go, here's this movie that we found on Netflix. And so I was like, why don't we go somewhere else? that can provide streaming stuff for both of us that is not yeah. Netflix. So I spent maybe 15 minutes looking on Amazon. Yeah. Which I really haven't looked through their library of movies and shows, so a lot of it was new to me. Oh, I'm, I'm like always impressed by it every time I it's, go on there. Admittedly, a third of them look like fake movies and shows that you see in the background of real <laughs> movies and shows. But like the other two thirds are fairly recent new releases yeah. and stuff where it's like, oh, cool, I, I can watch fairly this surprised by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so in my searching, I stumbled upon a movie uh, with, admittedly, one of the reasons I, I chose this was the cast. Yes. <laughs> I adore just about everyone in this movie. Uh, it's called What If. Also, but it's, no, it's called the F, word. the F word, north of the border in Canada, uh, where this film is set. Uh, it came out in 2014. It stars Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How do you say it? Yes. Uh, and on the tomato meat, it's, it's it's fresh, 72. percent I did not, not pull a... up the Rotten Tomatoes page, so this is all. <laughs> Way you. to be prepared. How am I the prepared one? <laughs> Because I just I just let you be prepared. <laughs> I'm like I I can kind of you know take a, a step back. I can still like yeah. It's it's kind of nice in a way. It's a it's a real reversal. Usually I'm the lackadaisical one, being like, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? But yeah, so you go with the Rotten Tomatoes page. Yeah, so Rotten Tomatoes, seventy two percent average rating, six point three out of ten, hundred and twenty three reviews. 
and only 34 of those are rotten. Mm. The consensus is it's a narrative framework may be familiar, but what if transcends its derivative elements with sharp dialogue and the effervescent chemistry of uh, the stars? Uh, the audience score, I, uh, I it's 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Average, <laughs> we're so mature here. We can't Average rating. We can't. No, not. I can't. Sorry. It is one of the greatest joys in life. I'm sorry. It is. Just the number itself, not the act. Just, just the number. The number. Just the numbers, just to clarify. There's a there's an onion headline that's something like, wow, this woman has finally entered adulthood because she stopped saying nice every time someone said 69. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a world I do not want to live in. Me neither. So yeah, the audience score is 69%, average rating 3.6 out of 5, with uh, 24,000, a little over 24,000 user ratings. I was going to say 420,000 reviews. <laughs> but there is, there has to be a movie with that level there, of metrics. And I there has to be. Because that, that would make we me will. way too happy. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, um, that's, a, that's about what I would expect. I remember yeah. when this movie came out and seeing the trailer or seeing something for it and thinking, oh, this looks cute. And it was one of those things where it's like, I'll just catch this when it's on a streaming service. Like I knew I wasn't gonna go seek it out, sort of. But so I, I think that was kind of the general consensus with it too. But I, I think the people who have seen it do seem to mostly enjoy it. This I was not even aware of this movie until last night when I was searching for something to watch. Um, and like I was saying, like the cast was it's like you have Daniel Radcliffe, uh, who I mean I'm Harry Potter trash. You have <laughs> Zoe Kazan, who I adore. She was in one of our favorite movies this year, The Big Sick. Yes. And then you throw in like Adam Driver, Mackenzie Davis. Yes. It's like all of these great people, and it's like yeah, I'll watch this. It's ninety minutes. My attention span <laughs> lasts two hours. <laughs> Well, and like, I, that's what is always kind of fascinating to me about like the rom-com genre is that even as it gets as tropey and predictable and old as it is, there's still always like a new crop of people who can be thrown into a rom-com. And I think that is what makes it interesting. That's like all the people on Tumblr who are like, why don't I get like Oscar Isaac and Lupita Nyong'o and all of these yeah. other people in rom-coms and stuff. And it's, 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 it's true. Like that should be a thing. Yeah. And, that's, that's what yeah. keeps the rom-coms fresh is the, the cast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, the same story over and over, but you get these two charming people together and I'm going to have fun watching them. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, but when I did say that a lot of people seemed to like this movie, some people, for the most part, did not. Some people did not. Um, which review um, do we want to go with? Well, so if if this is your first episode, we're in double yeah. digits now. If this is your first one, what? <laughs> We've been double digits skip, for a while. Skip the, yeah, do you just skip the first 10? It's like, they're, they're still figuring out. The, the first 10, they're still figuring it out. When they hit double digits, that's when they know their format. They were on, like, uh -huh. episode 19. Yeah, just wait till we get to episode 69. <laughs> but uh, the way this works, we choose three reviews called from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, two of them opposing our views on the movie, one conforming to our views, just we don't have a confirmation bias. And we just 
review the reviews. Yes. Yes, that's a very succinct way of putting that. It only took us 19 episodes to figure that out, but, you know, we got there. Yeah, yeah. One day we'll get, like, an official-sounding intro. <laughs> One day. At episode 69. <laughs> um, but so with that, what, what review do you want to go with first? Let's start with uh, Roger Ebert. Okay, that's the one I already had pulled out. Just because there was a line in this review. Yeah. That I would not expect from an outlet such as Roger Ebert. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to jump right to that, or I'm going to skip to the line in the Roger Ebert review from Susan. I am sorry, I can't. I'm not. I, I'm not going to pronounce your last I, name. I do not know. Walls. So Susan. Something. Susan. Walls is in. Yeah. yeah. Susan gave it two and a half out of three stars, uh, and the one line that caught my eye was although I did learn a new <laughs> sexual term for hand job ho job as in I give him a ho job for Christmas <laughs> that's something I'd expect from BuzzFeed not Roger Ebert <sighs> I think that's <laughs> I don't know that's kind of splitting hairs at this point because yeah. I'm sure you can <laughs> find weird things like that in a whole lot of reviews but yeah that was kind of a weird that was like a line I did not I would not have necessarily caught. It was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, but yeah. Um, but it's weird because I, I, so I can't tell if this review is actually two and a half out of five stars or if it's two and a half out of four stars or two and a half out of three. But yeah. even then it's rated rotten. Like. Which I don't understand because reading the review. It's like not. The first couple paragraphs, you think Susan was being paid for every time <laughs> she used the word cute. <laughs> yeah, she says everything about the romantic comedy what if is cute utterly cute undeniably cute uber duper cute okay but now saying this out loud it almost sounds like she's being like condescending about it yeah yeah, which yeah. I th I thought that was how I read it in part because <clears throat> she let's see yeah because the first time I read that I just read it like in my head and yeah. it sounded like a glowing review but now saying it out loud it sounds <laughs> Passive aggressive. Well, I'm like, I, I do think it is kind of how you interpret it. And I do think she kind of understands what the movie is going for, even though she didn't like everything about it. And so, yeah. like, because there's one part where that, that kind of, it, it kind of pointed out to me how she was taking the review. And it says, um, it really is a glorified sitcom with outbreaks of awkward slapstick complete with bodily injuries in the mode of TV's new girl with this constant riff happy repartee, but three times as long. And that is, it's kind of, it, this, this movie is kind of totally capitalizing on or like being a part of the kind of like new girl quirky, like we're all in hipster clothes and we yeah. live in these studio apartments that are gorgeous and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and like and everything we say is witty and all of that in the first 20 minutes what it, the the buzzfeed review touches on it no i haven't seen the movie but i i know enough about it to know that it gave me a 500 days of summer vibe yes yeah it just kind of that very indie pixie manic dream girl yeah nerdy guy I, I need to revisit 500 days of summer because i saw it in high school like the year that it came out and so i was very much <laughs> i was a much lamer person i was a no. much less mature person and so my reading of the movie would not be my reading now 
And so I kind of need to revisit it and kind of see like, we should definitely cover it on here in terms of like manic pixie element of it. But this felt more natural. Like, I don't know. It it felt like it was trying to not be completely like twee the entire time, but it would kind of venture into there a little bit, but it still felt like just kind of relatively real seeming people. I think. Which I I liked. I mean, I, I I liked Radcliffe and Zoe. Yeah. I thought they worked well together. Yeah, Although well, I, I will say, I mentioned this to you while watching it. I felt robbed. <laughs> I was fully expecting Radcliffe's uh, American or <laughs> Canadian accent, <laughs> which I, I really wanted. Um, he, he copped out, but you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. We'll hear it eventually. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what with this review, because I mean, I, it, do, it does kind of point out the twee of it all where it's like they bond over ridiculous kind of contrived sort of conversations and stuff. And like, she's an but, animator and whatever. Yeah. It, it's, like, but like at this point, like that should, it's a rom-com. Like, I, yeah. what else are you expecting? Like, we, yeah, we, cause we mentioned, we've seen this format, the same story a dozen times. The girl always has a cutesy, quirky job that looks fun, and uh, the guy is always a little witty and sarcastic. And yeah, and so, well, and I mean, it, it's it, it, it's a legitimate critique, but after a million rom coms, it's like you're just saying the same thing we said before when talking about rom-coms. Well, in in a way, I feel like this one, kind of in the little tropes of, like, them bonding over Elvis's sandwich and having that be a motif throughout the movie, it felt, in a way, like the the inside jokes that you have when you're actually in a relationship. Like, it it felt like this weird, super specific sort of thing that did make sense and did feel like, oh, two people would possibly have a conversation about that. And then, but like, it's in, it's still in the overall trope of rom-coms and whatever. And so even, even if, even as this thing is really specific and hipster, it makes sense to me. The early on when Radcliffe Wallace's character, he's talking to, Chantry, which what a name! With all of the names in this movie. I'm just, <laughs> I just want to call people by their actor names because these are the like whitest white people names. They seriously are. Uh, but so they're having a conversation early on where he's correcting her on Forte. Yeah. And I just had this moment of like it. It, it reminded me of Scott Pilgrim. Oh. Uh-huh. When Scott is just oversharing the the Pac Man story. Yes. I kind of got that kind of vibe from it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I can I can get into this conversation, this kind of dynamic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I totally, I did not think of Scott Pilgrim, but that's totally a good comparison. Yeah, because it, it was the whole kind of cute meat thing at a party. Yeah. Young 20-somethings. Let's that's bond over to say young 20-somethings. <laughs> Let's bond over fridge magnets. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and I... Susan, what are you talking about? Because she says, I have another problem with what if, namely being subjective to Harry Potter's <laughs> naked butt doing a crucial nighttime skinny dipping excursion. <laughs> Come on. After Aquis, after yeah. Aquis, he bared it all for us. And you're gonna you're still taking problems with seeing his ass. I'm Come like, on. okay, between Equus and um that other like the other yeah, this review talks about it because it's like, okay, he he in Kill Your Darlings, which I know a bunch of people love. I haven't seen it, but apparently... And that's what he... John Hamm, right? No. Oh, I'm thinking... Okay. 
No, that's the one with um, Dane DeHaan. And uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. gay and sad. That's my my surface level understanding of a movie <laughs> I have not seen. But yeah, but so it's like I, I get that to an extent of like I'm I'm this person who used to be this like iconic child star. I kind of want to get out of that a little bit and do whatever. And so I wasn't bothered by it. I was Me just either. like, oh hey. I, I almost like said to you, I'm like, now you know what Harry Potter's butt looks like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like after Gone Girl when you're like, I know what Batman's dick looks like. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's just kind of a funny thing when, when actors who are tied to one particular thing then do something that isn't that thing. And everyone's and, and, just like, no, how dare you? Kind of. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of ends of the spectrum. I'm going to divert for a little bit. Cause you have like someone like Emma Watson, who's very much big and out there. Yeah. Then you have Radcliffe who kind of does, uh, he still does well-known movies and stuff not as big as something like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. He does his little indie things. And then Rupert Grint. Who's just owning a taco playing. truck. <laughs> He's living his life, man. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just kind uh, of, it, it's a funny kind of case study of like how all of these mm -hmm. child stars kind of break free from that in their weird yeah. sort of way. But yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. This review mentions Woody <laughs> Allen and I'm like, no, I, I did not like that. Like, no. I, I want no mention of Woody Allen near this movie. I don't, I don't like, uh, just can we pretend Woody Allen doesn't exist, please? Yeah. Like, and this, uh, so this, this movie came out in 2014. Yeah. Even then people knew he was a shit person. Yeah, I know. So it's like, why are we? But on the opposite, yeah. on the opposite end of shit people, uh, another thing I don't agree with. Oh, this yes. Review, I, but their right to their opinion yeah. is, uh, however, the person in the cast who did get on my nerves was Adam Driver of TV's Girls as Alan Wallace's <laughs> more carnal, assertive best friend. Can we just point out this movie came out in a time when it was Adam Driver of TV's Girls and not yeah. the Adam Driver that we know now. Like, that I'm is, so this glad is such that... a weird little pocket <laughs> of like, because this was like, uh, I don't know, a year, yeah, like a year or so before force awakens came out yeah because it was 2015 yeah yeah so that's just kind of crazy to me to be like oh if if, if everyone really <laughs> knew how much adam driver would do beyond girls and all of these other like hipster rom-commy type things but anyway i think he stole every that. scene he was in yes but continue, i thought he was continue reading their part yeah. uh so it's a role that should be right in the striking looking emmy nominated actors narcissistic wheelhouse and then some how dare you <laughs> but someone made the terrible choice of having alan chew his nails then casually drop the bitten pieces hither and yon all over a jewelry store it's so distracting i could barely focus on his purpose for being there all right first of all let me learn you a thing i like that they didn't have the best friend just kind of be the standard attractive white dude that you're going to forget about well, and it, it kind Adam of, Driver it's, is it's, fucking great. It, it's almost a rom-com trope in its own right of like the human disaster sort of best friend. Yeah. Like the character that's just kind of there and is kind of there to, 
feel the scenes. But yeah, usually in some cases they're either more together or they're like completely not together and it's kind of like you're laughing at them. But like everything Adam Driver did in this movie is like I'm laughing with you because you're like he, he kind of knows how absolutely ridiculous he's being as a and character. He encourages and it all, yeah. As an actor and it, it, it like it plays really well. Like you said, everything that he did for the most part was like scene stealing. It was ridiculous, but it was really fun. The sex and nachos line was the best part of it. Like. It was so good. It was so good. Cause just the, that entire scene of like them making out and then it's like you pan out and there's Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> just sitting there eating his breakfast. And then it's like, okay, babe, bye. And then he just, the fact that he just sits there and he's like, I just had sex and I'm going to have nachos. nachos. This is the best day of my life. Like the, the line reading of that was exquisite it was so it was, great it was perfect so i don't I really think that adam driver probably just showed up to set just did his own thing just did his thing <laughs> no if that was the case it would be a little more like demure and like quiet and stuff because that's my understanding of a lot of how he is as a person <laughs> but but yeah i don't i don't get why this review has to rag on him so much i thought that like it, it's kind of you always have to have kind of the ancillary like supporting characters in a rom-com and i think that this movie did a good job of that while making them kind of something i don't know i wouldn't necessarily want to watch an entire movie about Adam Driver's character and Mackenzie Davis's character. No, because that, that would ruin the charm of it. Exactly. But the charm of having them there, like whenever they were there, they were used well. I yeah. Think. So, yeah. Um, was that it for the Ebert review? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So now we're off to the BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. We're totally that millennial. We're picking a millennial outlet <laughs> to talk about a very millennial movie. I, I, I intentionally chose BuzzFeed because it is that millennial outlet this is a totally a millennial movie with millennial aesthetic yes um so i just knew this would be a positive uh review for the movie yeah um and it comes from allison wilmore cool um yeah, the, the so, opening paragraph kind of talks about what we were saying earlier of like Radcliffe has every right to kind of break out of his comfort zone and do all of that sort of stuff, like which he kind of has. He's been in a lot of weird yeah. ass things in the in the years since Harry Potter kind of ended. But let's see. Uh, so I'm not familiar with the director. It says uh, directed by Michael Douse, who made Goon. Yeah, uh, I haven't. I don't a, think I've seen anything else that he's done. Me neither. And the, this review pointed out something which uh, I didn't realize till I read it. Um, so I'll just read this whole line. But it's rarely cutesy, despite being set in a world of knitting clubs, cartoon metaphors for a character's loneliness, and a score by the new pornographers AC Newman. And if it need to be said, a whole bunch of white people. So no, there's a I lot. Totally, I totally acknowledge. <laughs> like I thought during this movie, so, there are zero people of color in this entire movie. Yeah. So there's a, a lot in that one line. First, uh, I really dig the soundtrack now more, the score, because I'm a big fan of the new pornographers and AC Newman. I did not know that. And Twin uh, Cinema is a fantastic album. If you don't know that, go change. That, I, I am I am impressed. I am like you have like a music pick <laughs> of something that I have not also heard. Anyway, really, we uh, yeah. I'm anyway, like, so that's my little like mer- yeah. So go listen to that. Um, 
uh, but yeah, a whole bunch of white people in this movie. And in searching for reviews, I found this other outlet, uh, seventhrow.com. Okay. Rev- it was a, re- a review from Alex Heaney, and they talk more about the whiteness of this movie and how um, Toronto, they, they say Toronto prides itself on multiculturalism. I butchered that word. Um, but it basically says, like, anyone who lives in Toronto doesn't have all white friends. Uh-huh. Um, that's one of the things that this movie has going against it. It's like, yeah, you could have had some more people of color. Which, they like... Were in the, they were in the background. I... Here's, well, and here's the thing. I did not... I could not figure out what city this was set in until two-thirds of the way through the movie. Part of it is, like... I don't know what the Toronto skyline looks like at part, like in part, I thought it was like Seattle or whatever, but then I was like, wait, it's not raining all the time. But <laughs> like, I, I could not for the life of me figure out what city this was supposed to be. And so the whiteness kind of was a thing that I picked up alongside of that, but it wasn't really something where it was just kind of like, Oh, this is not representative of Toronto. Cause a, I've never been to Toronto and B I did not know it was said in Toronto until she literally writes Toronto on a piece of paper. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had noticed it was Toronto. There's a scene kind of maybe a half hour in or so maybe 20 minutes in where they're out walking around with coffee and you can see the CN tower in the oh. background. It's like, Oh, that's where they are. Okay. Not that it was like vital to the the plot of the movie. It's like, where is it? Yeah, um, and I think that's kind of part of it is the timeless like this could be any big city or whatever. Yeah, like that kind and of. You could set it in like Walla Walla or Boise, and <laughs> Walla it's still going to play out the same way. Well, yeah, but like the big city aspect definitely plays into mm-hmm. this here. Like you, maybe, could, I don't know. Maybe that's how we change up the rom com genre. We just need like a small, like rural rom-com okay that's every fucking nicholas sparks movie so all right never mind i changed i take all of that back (laughs) i'm like that is a trope in and of itself in a way um Uh, buzzfeed uh like us glows about adam driver calling him always enjoyable again credited for girls why because this was before anything else girls is an awful show and what's her name should just stop i i know but also (laughs) it's like i i I have to give it credit for giving us Adam Driver. Like yeah. Adam Driver would not have been cast in Star Wars probably if it had not been for girls because that was like the thing that got him kind of noticed by people. And then now, mm-hmm. obviously, he's a household name with Star Wars, but it's still like I hate girls with a burning passion. Same. <laughs> but and I only saw one episode. I have not seen a single second of it because every time, right. like there were multiple times when I would be like, I'm interested in it. And then I, I, I would like tell people that. And like I had multiple friends be like, no, save yourself. Do not watch <laughs> girls. And I'm like, okay, understood. You're smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. It I'm says just, the, the chemistry between Radcliffe and Kazan uh, holds everything together. And that makes what if such a winning rom-com alternative. Mm-hmm. Though well, they may sometimes feel like two indie pixies, their characters are too grounded and recognizable to be dismissed. And they just enjoy each other so much, even as they make a mess of things on their journey toward finally talking about how they feel. 
and then it says theirs isn't a grand story, but not everyone's romance is epic and star-crossed. Sometimes it has to be worked out through tiny moments and realizations. And if What If is the kind of movie that recognizes the shared love that a sandwich can mean more than running through an airport or stopping a wedding ever could, which is kind of what I was trying to say earlier. That like pins it down really well. It does. Um, yeah. Like of like yeah, it, in in a lot of cases with relationships, it's like the smaller moments and the smaller like inside jokes and stuff that really sort of make it, as opposed to like some big epic yeah because you have like those traditional like rom-coms where everything's just big romantic gestures yeah and i i like this and the big sick i adore those yes uh, because it's about those smaller moments those more intimate moments well and like the big sick is obviously centered around a, and, and well, it's obviously a true story and it's obviously centered around a um a very big event but at the same time yeah. it's still like the smaller moments and stuff and I, I was telling you during this it's like the big sick has kind of fucked with my like expectations for rom-coms now there's because... everything bef before big sick yes and exactly after and i don't know what after can really succeed because like the big sick is just i mean at, like we mentioned before it's like a very personal movie for both of us but it like this movie still surprised me and i was very pleasantly surprised by this movie even as I came into it, I hadn't checked the Rotten Tomatoes score before I saw this. I hadn't really done any research. I like checked it about a third of the way through the movie, and then I was like, okay, this is good. And so it kind of, because I did not know if I was going to like or dislike this, and I was kind of surprised that I ended up liking it. I, rom-coms are usually not the go-to movies, but yeah. After a big sick in this, it's like, damn, maybe I do like round counts. <laughs> I know. I was kind of surprised when you came, when like you were suggesting movies, and I'm like, we've never covered a rom com on here, and the fact that yeah. you're suggesting one is kind of cool. But yeah, it's definitely. I thought it would be such a nice change of pace, and it's such yeah. a a lot of the movies we cover are kind of the big blockbuster movies. So I thought it would be a nice change of pace to have a, a quieter, smaller almost kind of indie movie i mean it is an indie yeah. movie but it, it's a nice change of pace and, I, and i'm glad it paid off because i enjoyed it me too and i yeah i was i'm like very happy that we both ended up enjoying it but yeah i'm trying to think of what else um this review i mean the, the the buzzfeed review kind of pins things down really nicely and it kind of points out that the main thing because like in a lot of cases with rom-coms like we said it's the big grand gestures and the like all of those moments that are like kind the of run to the airport well yeah sure. but then but then like the main conflict of this movie isn't like the big gesture aspect of it it's more like both of them are too nice to do any sort of big gestures yeah which is kind of a nice change of pace sort of i don't know i think i think it's kind of like an interesting approach that not you have like rom -com. yeah because you yeah. have these two kind of insecure leads yeah both like yeah we have these feelings let's not talk about them <laughs> and there were, there were there were almost moments where i thought it was going to go tropey yeah like you have the, the fiance boyfriend going off on the other side of the world it's like okay well obviously he's going to forget about her and start sleeping with someone else. Well, and yeah, yeah. Like in every time that I thought it was going to go towards a trope, it like completely subverted it. Like, especially at the end, I was like, I was about to be really mad at the movie at near the end when they're at the airport and they're <laughs> talking and they act like they haven't seen each other. And I'm like, do not tell me that I have watched <laughs> this entire 90 minute movie and then they don't end up together. See, and then, I wasn't expecting it there. Cause I knew they were playing off. Uh, a previous scene but okay oh, yeah. let me ask you so 
there were at least three moments where I thought this movie was going to end. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, the first moment where I thought it was going to end was when Radcliffe Wallace walks into the party at the oh, end and it's like, oh, uh -huh. sorry, I'm late. And then yeah. she smiles at him and then credits. Yeah. And I then thought, the it was like, oh, that was going to be a real sweet moment. End it there. And it's like, oh, no, there's still more. <laughs> and then I'm guessing another part was the sandwich thing. Like when they give yes. each other the sandwiches and then they kiss. And then I was like, I thought oh. it was going to cut there too. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's I, like, oh, no, we're going to see them go on, get married, and all that. Yeah, which was kind of, it was satisfying. Like, in a lot yeah. of cases, it's so predictable that you know what's going to happen. But, like, in this case, it was, like, genuinely satisfying. Yeah, it, it, it was nice to have it kind of all wrapped up in a bow. Yeah. Also, I just realized, speaking of somewhat unpredictable rom-coms, you do like rom-coms because you like that um, 13 going on 30. Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm like, we have we have not watched that together yet, but I know that we both really like that movie. So that was when it was like like really that was Jennifer Garner was my first celebrity crush. Yeah. And I saw that in theaters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, whereas I was like, her name's Jenna, my name's Jenna. And maybe maybe I can grow up and live in a big city. Do you want do you also want to be 30, flirty, and thriving? <laughs> Dear God, no, but Mark Ruffalo, like getting attention from Mark Ruffalo didn't seem too bad when I was like 13 and watching the movie for the first time. No, that doesn't seem bad now. Good point, good point. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, we, we should definitely cover that and cover other yes. rom-coms like that. A we'll just have a rom-com month, I think. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that for like... Gosh, uh, we can't do that for February, though. I know. Because I was, it's Black Panther month. Yeah, I was going to try to, I was trying to plan out like when we would do our Ryan Gosling month, mm -hmm. and then I realized we couldn't do February. But Every month should be Ryan Gosling month. Good point. But yeah, so we'll, we'll figure it out. We should do more yeah. rom coms because they're definitely a fun kind of change of pace. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like learning a lot about you along the way, <laughs> which is really nice. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's so, it for this review. Yeah, so. The last review we have comes from, we haven't used these guys before, the Globe and Mail. Yes, which I totally thought they were a like, British outlet, but nope, I, they're Canadian. I, the Canadian, maple leaf. The, the little maple leaf little giveaway there. Yeah, just a little bit. But um, like, just the, the title just seemed like one of those like British sound. It does, yeah. But yeah, this uh, gives it so two and a half out of four stars. Yeah, which is kind of almost middle of the road. Yeah. Um, Liam Lacey enjoyed it, I guess, to an extent, ish. but not really. Yeah, because it was still rated rotten. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, Liam says the movie's only real offense is that it tries a little too hard to please. Um, and then it points out... I, which, I can, what? I was going to say, I can, uh, I can understand that, because I'm going to guess Liam is probably an older gentleman. Well, don't, don't make uh, assumptions. Uh, well, it, yeah, okay, I won't do that. It just seems like they're, they're a person who a rom-com is not their typical movie. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, I keep, like, meeting things oh, on. Am I boring you? No, I, boring I, you? I, I am still in my pajamas. I am not being bored by you. I'm still in my pajamas, and by proxy, I am slightly sleepy. Um, you just made the two people listening yawn by proxy. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I, I was like, do we have two viewers live right now? Like, if so, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. We don't. It says we have zero viewers, but that's okay. Yeah, um, boy. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, but no, then it points out. I didn't know this that it's adopt. It's like adapted from a play, but it's that's what I was going to mention. Play that you cannot find anything about it anywhere. Like I googled it, and the, all of the results were just about this movie. Yeah, the original play is called Toothpaste and Cigars, which is an interesting which, title. Yeah, I don't get how that correlates to the the plot of this. Um, but sure. Um, so it's just two lonely people drawn together, kooky sidekick friends. So all the typical rom-com stuff. Uh, what else um, does Liam not like? The next hour and a half of yeah. the movie features a lot of dithering and contrivance before that boyfriend gets out of the way. Throughout, there's no doubt that Wallace and Chantry are whimsical bookends that are meant to be together on the same shelf. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it winks at the genre conventions of the Manhattan when Harry met Sally tradition while completely indulging in them at the same time. Radcliffe is puppyish and good at a quick repartee and Kazan has a darting offbeat intelligence, but why do they act like fumbling 14 year olds in matters of the heart? <laughs> because they're millennials. And they're because it's just what you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's this like, is a, this is a, accurate representation of how relationships play out yeah well and like it in to an extent when when you and i got together i tried so hard to not be a 14 year old about it i was like i have to like it, it kind of like you have to like grow as a person as a person and like approach relationships in a different sort of way and so i think kind of how they how the two of them realize that they should be together over the course of this movie is kind of natural because you're not immediately falling into like, like, Oh, we're a guy and a girl and we're in the same room together. So why don't we date and like throw everything else out the window or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. And, and like they made Wallace's character kind of half hopeless, romantic, half cynic. Yeah. Which I think I is like valid. Yeah. yeah. It makes it's it more like, real. Yeah, it's like he's a hopeless romantic at heart, but his experiences have made him cynical, which I think is a very accurate representation of how people work, especially now, like in today's kind of culture. Yeah. Yeah. And then so. it gave him, there were, there were reasons for kind, uh, for being a cynic when it comes to romance. Um, but at heart, I, he's not the kind of guy who's going to show up at your doorstep with the box of chocolates and roses. Or the boombox. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, so this line uh, towards the end of the review, the two leads' lack of agency begins to feel borderline perverse, like <laughs> Fifty Shades of Rom-Com bondage. Wallace and Chantry are trapped in a changing room together while she's stuck with a dress over her head, yet nothing happens. Wallace and Chantry go skinny dipping with friends, lose their clothes, and still nothing happens. That's, I think that's on purpose, though. It's like it's subverting it it's subverting what you're expecting to happen, and it's making it because yeah. otherwise that would be the grand romantic gesture sort of thing, and then it would completely change the trajectory of the rest of the movie if, like, at but, either of those yeah. points they had actually hooked up. There was a real, like, nice little subtle <laughs> moment when they're in the, the dressing room. Yeah. And Chantry goes to kiss Wallace, but she pulls back. Yeah. And I really like that. I, I, there was a nice little moment. I was like, okay, we see what page she's on now. Yeah, exactly. It, it would have been too easy. It would have been kind of this instant gratification. And then it's like, oh, we kissed. I can't do this. I'm with someone and you're my best friend. And then it would have 
played out how we would expect. Exactly. So I'm glad yeah. it didn't. Yeah. Um, let's see. So it... yeah, can we say jump into the deep end of bed already? It would be more fun and friendly to all concerned, especially the audience. I disagree. I don't know. I it feels like yeah. if, if I wanted to see that, I could watch like a million other rom-coms where that happens. Mm. So yeah, it and like, I mean, you even, I don't know. I'm like I was just there, gonna there, go on. I was just gonna go on a whole other rant about the big sick and how it kind of does <laughs> sort of thing of like. Well, there. The, yeah. Oh, oh, go on. Well, no, no, you go, you go. Oh, because there are a couple seconds in this movie where I thought it was gonna go a whole different direction. Okay. That I would have been fine with. Okay. Um, which would have been Chantry's character going to was it Taiwan? Yeah. Focus on her career. Yeah. It's like I, I would like a rom com like that, where the two end amicably as friends and the leading lady focuses on her career. Why can't we have hashtag feminist rom-coms? <laughs> oh boy. I mean, like I totally agree, but then you, no, kinda, no, no, yeah. you lose the ROM aspect. Yeah. If like the movie ends and they don't get together in one way or the other. Which I, I, mean, I did. I did enjoy seeing them get together. Yeah. Well, and I think like the, I think that you're supposed to insinuate from like the 18 months like time jump or whatever that yeah. she was able to focus on her career. Yeah, that's she was able to because that's because he does follow her there and he becomes a doctor. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it. I'm trying to think of what else with this review. I just love how every review has a completely different read on Adam Driver. Um, yeah, because this one says that like Alan and Nicole are like this big contrast, but then he says that Driver delivers the best lines of the movie. Um, they are a taller, libid libidinous Jesus. That is a big <laughs> um, alternative to the diminutive and over civilized Wallace and Chantry. Their expansive messiness seems altogether more interesting than the main couple, um, which is kind of like ag against what we were saying earlier to an mm. extent. Like, I mean, they were interesting, but it, I would, if, if I was watching a movie that was just the two of them, it would be kind of a, it would be a, like a mess. In, in kind yeah, of it's like, what do you do? Way, but yeah, you lose like the relatable aspect of it. Although one of the other reviews pointed out that they, they, the first time that they meet is the same party, which I had not, not ever, like, I didn't get oh, that reading from yeah. it. Because when I read the description for this movie, I thought they were like already. Because you always have that trope in rom coms where it's like, I'm the supporting best friend, and also look at me, I have a relationship that's like all together already. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that they, they're both of their relationships started at the same time, but then Adams and Mackenzie's was just like way quicker. I thought was kind of interesting, and it wasn't really something that I yeah. caught, but I like it. It was a nice kind of like almost subtle B plot. To yeah. the movie and see their relationship grow. Yeah. Well, because I had just thought be, like not, yeah. I I had just kind of thought no, I had just kind of thought that it was like they they were already together and we were seeing them go through all these steps. But yeah, having it be the B plot aspect of like, here's how quickly they took things by acting on their feelings and whatever was kind of an interesting like perspective. Well it's kind of like a foil too to Yeah. Uh, Radcliffe and Kazan, because how spontaneous and quick they are, because they're at the engagement party, and it's like, oh, we're getting married tonight. Yeah. And they're the ones kind of pushing the leads, like, just 
go do it. You two want to be together. Well, and it's kind of the foil to Kazan and her boring boyfriend because it's like the, they like all these people around them kept keep saying, oh, they're going to get married. And like she thinks he's going to propose at one point, but he doesn't and whatever. And so it's like that kind of spontaneity isn't really in that relationship, but it is in the one yeah. that she has with Radcliffe, which I think that was kind of a interesting way to go about it. So. Agreed. Yeah. I, I like this. It, it's just a fun little movie. Yeah. It's just a it's good, cute. like, I'm just going to sit and turn my brain off and just have fun. Kind yeah. of. Which, which the Globe Mail and Roger Ebert need to remember. We need those movies sometimes. <laughs> Here we are preaching fun. <laughs> Fun. Fun. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, as, as, as soon as I said that, you just got like PTSD for a second. You were like, I did. no. I got all the war flashbacks. Uh, but it's fine. I hear executive producers and studio exec movie, uh, their ears perking up. It's like, someone said fun. Someone said fun. That's someone said buzzword. this movie's fun. It needs to be fun. Ah, but um, was there anything else? I mean, I, I, I think that covers it. Cool. All right. So do we want to go to our last segment? Yes, which I'm kind of mostly prepared for. Yeah. Well, and this is at least for at least for one uh, actor from this. This movie. is the first time in a while that we've been able to actually play this. Really? Because yeah, either was a superhero <laughs> movie or was a like or was Star Wars, which we didn't want to go through and like fan cast every single actor, but we just kind no. of picked what Ryan wanted to do. Or yeah, it, or it was a sucky movie that we're like, stay the fuck away from the superhero genre, <laughs> David Ayer. But so with this, I think it is kind of like the perfect opportunity to play with it. But so I want to hear what you have to say. All right. So I really, so the last bit is that we take the, the cast and or the director from the movie that we're talking about and fan cast them to a superhero property. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for this one, Daniel Radcliffe, I have a few ideas. Okay. Um, so I'll do with, I'll start with the one that I think it, it would be a fine choice. Okay. Um, he just has this look and kind of these mannerisms where he can play like a, a scientist. So in terms of DC, I could see him playing, um, Dr. Magnus, who is the creator of the Metal Men. Oh. He, kinda, he's, he has this very kind of professor look to him. He wears like a tweed jacket and has a, a, a pipe with him. Ooh. It's kind of a, a, okay. an eccentric scientist. Uh-huh. I think he can do that very well. And then kind of going off it on the other side, he's a little younger than I think Disney will cast for. Uh-huh. But... I think he could be a good Reed Richards. Yes. See, my hope with the Fantastic Four is that Disney kind of does, I don't know. I I think they could go a couple different ways with it, but I think like doing, I don't know. You either do like the family aspect to an extent. Which I wholeheartedly want. I need that. You you still could do with Radcliffe and just have it be where the kids are like really little. But like I, I don't know. I think he would be kind of a good fit for it, and it would kind of like soothe the burn of both of the other Reed Richardses being so unforgettable. Honestly, yeah. like, yeah, it it would be really interesting to kind of see that. Yeah, I think I think he could play it well. Uh, he's nerdy. He 
and it, it'd be a role to where he can kind of break apart from the Harry Potter thing. Yeah, but still be in like a family, like family yeah. friendly sort of thing. Um, yeah, I totally like. I'm here for that. That's that's a good one. And then I also because I was looking up fan, I also saw that uh, people suggested Mark Spector, the Moon Knight. Ooh. Okay. Which, if he really wanted to delve into something, uh-huh. uh, that would be really neat. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, Beyond him, I'm I have no one else fan casted. <laughs> um, but it, it's funny because I remember, like maybe, uh, maybe a year after this movie came out, there were like rumors or fan cast for Adam Driver as Nightwing. <laughs> I hear your talk. I hear Ruby. 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 Aw. Ruby's just so excited about Adam <laughs> Driver as Nightwing. Um, but yeah, it I because I just looked up Adam Driver fan casts and it's it's a very interesting array of things. It's like yes. Nightwing, Red Hood, um, Scarecrow, which I think is like almost too predictable. It feels Man, very night- much like it would be like this the Cillian Murphy, however the fuck you say his name. It would be like that. Yeah. Portrayal a little too much. I could see Radcliffe as Red Hood too now. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> I, I still am holding on to my Red Hood fan cast since DC oh, doesn't seem, well, yeah, yeah, since DC doesn't seem too in a hurry to actually <laughs> cast him, I'm still going to hold on to Boyega as Red Hood and they can pry that from my cold dead hands. Um, but yeah, it's like if you look up, like, so Scarecrow and anyone in the Bat family, but then there are also people suggesting Eobard. Which is funny to me because he almost looks exactly like Ezra, like too much, too much for it to really work for me. But I'm trying to think of who, who he should play. Hmm. I don't know because it's like I want to see him in something. I feel like it would need to be something. Adam Warlock. Yeah. Oh, I was kind of thinking that for like a brief second. If he wants he, to stay cosmic, well, because he can he can stay cosmic, but he can do something completely different. Yeah, like it's not the Kylo Ren kind of brooding. <laughs> it's the villain. other end of the spectrum, and we a would much see, more subdued character, and see him with his shirt off still, probably. Oh God, I hope. <laughs> I'm like that would be it would be kind of a good fit, and I feel like a lot of the Adam Warlock fan casters sort of people that are built like Adam Driver. So I don't know. It never it's not something that ever dawned on me, but I totally could see it and I would be here for that. Same. I just keep waiting for the if, what? I was gonna say, and I, like Adam Driver's like comedic sensibility would just work with James Gunn, I think. Exactly. Yeah, cuz he like everyone knows him as Kylo Ren, but I think like the way the, the comedic stuff that he does cuz he does so much of it in between doing Star Wars that yeah. is kind of fascinating to me. Like like I I've told you this. He was on the Bob's Burgers Christmas special, like the most recent one, <laughs> and it was fucking great. And he sings and he just does like like you wouldn't necessarily recognize him, but then you're like, "Oh my god, that's Adam Driver." And he's completely sort of playing towards the type that's in the movies like this, but playing against what the general audience knows him from, from being Kylo Ren. But yeah. Okay. So Adam Warlock, definitely. I'm trying to think, I I really want Mackenzie Davis in some sort of DCU thing, but I don't know as what. I really think she could work as Oracle. Ooh. Yeah. Because I don't know her age, but she seems like the right age where she can kind of play this young. Uh, how do I word it? 
she's she's 30 so that would be a good be, i'd say that's the right age where she can still have the history of being batgirl have this youthfulness yeah. and like energy to her but also have like i'm a superhero and i'm paralyzed but that's okay because i'm fucking badass anyways yeah i'm here for that that would be really cool um hmm. yeah and then for zoe i don't know i'm like she's, zoe could be she's anything a hard one. yeah yeah i know she could be anything but yeah i don't know this cast is just so good that i'm just like i want to see them in more things all the yeah. time as, as white and we are we are aware of how white this cast is it's a yeah. good white cast but doesn't mean we can't enjoy them exactly um, yeah but also hey hollywood make more diverse rom-coms please exactly but yeah um all right well so where can people find you on social media they they can find me on any of the social medias except myspace at the chris of it how about darn you? i was totally going to add you to my top eight uh, sorry <laughs> disappoint you you'll just have to add me on friendster fine <sighs> um people can find me on all the social media as hey it's jenna lynn where can people find our account like our show uh, so they can find us on really most podcasting apps. We're on Pocket Cast. We're on iTunes. We're working on getting onto Google Play. We're not on Podbean because Podbean sucks and costs money and I am yeah. poor. Yeah. So unless you want to start supporting us uh, with your monies, yeah. then maybe we'll think about that. But until yeah. then, we're just on all the free platforms. Yes. Um, you can subscribe to us. Uh, we're on podcast.com you can follow us on twitter at tomato tomato pod and mm-hmm. we're also on facebook uh i think it's just called tomato tomato yeah podcast pod. yep and if you want to email us t- um, we are at tomato tomato pod at gmail.com so yeah, yeah send so us your suggestions wanna, or fan casting slide into our dms late yes. at night and say like, hey into our DMs. Yes. <laughs> what movie are you watching i'm not oh. gonna tell you yeah, you will find out. <laughs> I honestly don't know what we're going to watch next, so that is kind Me of Me neither. Cool. Yeah. I kind of like that. I like it, too. It's nice. We, we really don't have anything planned until next month. Yeah, until Black uh, Panther, so... Yeah, so if you... There, there, there are movies out there that you can figure it out, people. You're smart. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, keep watching movies. Yeah, keep watching them. Except Bright. Except right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.